LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Jessica. And on this week's episode, we discuss Season 2, Episode 5, Akane no Mai. We're halfway through Season 2, and the Riddle of the Sphinx, which of course we covered and talked about last week, you could say, arguably that it is one of the best episodes the show has ever offered, in my opinion. I agree. I said that last week. And if I didn't, I meant to. Right. And uh, you had some concerns because you were like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's not going to be as good. And I said, well, if one of them is the best, then logically all others will not be as good. But you seemed concerned. You were worried we were going to do a belly flop here. Yeah, I really was, especially because I feel like there was a lot of lead up and a lot of excitement about Maeve and Shogun World. Like people were fucking crazy about it. They're like, oh, I can't wait for Maeve and Shogun World. And I was like, mm. oh my God. Except everybody said Samurai World and they all tricked us. Yeah, well, yeah. you're right. Everyone said, I can't wait for Maeve to be in Samurai World. <laughs> and I also said the same thing. And I was like, I Didn't love Maeve. All? And then I saw last week's episode and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't love that anymore or care. Just give me more of this. Because we're such a great app. Because <laughs> it was so good. But it's pretty, it's pretty rare for a show to take you away from your favorite character. And this is something I don't think we talked about enough last week, but it, and I guess it makes sense because of this week, um, which we still haven't gotten our feelings around yet publicly. We haven't spoken them. But, um, and that's a show has the ability to take you for an entire episode, away from your main character, yet still somehow figure out a way to entertain you. That is skill. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, it that's like the ensemble show. To be a good ensemble show, you need to be able to do things like this. Sure. Um, which is why I think a lot of shows struggle with that and aren't really great with an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Um, because-, because you because some because writers they're just going to be characters just more interesting than others. That's just naturally how it starts to pan out. Correct. And it's how you balance that and how you make episodes about, you know, less important. Not less important, but, you know, everyone's like, okay, Dolores is really our main character of the show and everyone's super high on Maeve. Yeah. And they were not a part of the last episode, which was, I think, the best episode this season and certainly one of the best in general. Sure. So I was, I was worried about, um, I went into this ep- episode with way lower expectations than I thought I would be going into it with. Right. I was, I thought I was going to be one of those people that was like, yes, like there's this girl I work with. She watches all the nerdy shows I watch and she's like, oh man, I can't wait for this weekend and Maeve and Samurai World. And she's like super pumped. And I was like, oh man, I don't feel that way anymore. Mm. I'm not pumped. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. It's going to let me down because right. last week was so good. Yeah. It's funny, you know, that that's that's kind of a thing when you, in a vacuum, if you watch any episode of this show, if you can follow along, that is, you're going to recognize quality television. Right. Right. But then when it, when it crushes one over the wall and out of the park, you then naturally just think it can't, is it, shows rarely get better every episode. Usually they right. peak and come down and there's peaks and valleys and it ebbs and flows and that's because you get different directors. Sometimes you get different writers. Yep. And there's just going to be quality differences here, you know? Right. So let's see. Um, so that said, we, we are, the reason I wanted to say this was because I wanted to recognize the reality of how good last week's was 
and try to talk about this one in relation to how good it is as a episode of Westworld without simply comparing it to the riddle of the Sphinx. Right. So I'll start with your feelings about it and then, um, and then I'll give you some of my opening impressions. So what do you think? I did like this episode. I, I certainly, it, it was very different from last week's too, where I don't feel like it was as heavy handed and as complicated. And there wasn't as much where you had to sit and be like, Oh my God, the meaning behind this. And, and there's so much to this one little thing. And don't get me wrong. There was some of that here. But in general, it was a pretty like heavy action, like fun. And I know fun is probably not the right world word for like the shit that went on with Maeve and them, but it, it was. <laughs> for, for for the viewer, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, like I enjoyed watching it. I didn't feel like I, I wasn't ever like, oh God, this is not, you know. You weren't checking your watch. No, not at all. I enjoyed the episode the first time I watched it. I enjoyed it the second time I watched it. Um, sometimes when I watch episodes the second time, especially so close together, um, since a lot of times we record on Tuesday, this week we had to record on Monday. A lot of times when I watch it Sunday night and then again Monday, I find myself like really feeling like it drags the second time I watch an episode. Even episodes I like just mm. because I'm watching them so close together. Sure. Um, but I didn't feel that way tonight. It was over and I was like, oh, that, that was an hour. That, that went by pretty quick. I, I agree. It didn't seem quite as long. No, it didn't. As the rest of the season. And it's just a, it's a long episode. It's an hour long episode, just like everything else has been. Yeah, but I think the other ones have maybe only had a couple minutes length over it, but they definitely feel longer. And that's because... Like you said, you're kind of, you know, you were talking about your notes. It's like you're digesting less here. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is, is, what you're doing is you're getting, you're getting, I guess you could say, aesthetic pleasures. You're getting, you know, your senses are being titillated by this episode for sure. It doesn't have the same, it's not weighing on you intellectually as much. And anything it presents, you just feel like, oh, cool. That's really cool. And you know, I watched it a second time, and when I did, I thought to myself, this was really cool. But, but let me just start with my initial impressions, which is simple, simply this. They're fucking in a samurai place. That's immediately awesome to me. I like that aesthetic. I like the, even if it's romanticized, the romanticized version of that culture. I think it's cool uh, to, to see this, um, this whole thing, this whole different look here. I am a uh, I am a sucker for uh, uh, shit. What the hell is his name? The guy who plays Musashi. I don't know. You told me you knew all I the names. I did. I forgot his oh. name. No, no. I told you I knew the character names. But I thought you still knew who he was. I always forget his name. I feel bad. It's uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. Hiroyuki Sanada. He's Wait, the shit. What? I love that guy. Yeah, he plays Musashi. He's the he's the Hector Mirror. But anyway, my point in this is. Not to get tied up in that minutia, but to say this. I love the... I love this whole thing. I like the idea of seeing the mirror universe, um, seeing how this played out. As soon as we heard the music for Pain of Black, it was incredible. I loved it. I just thought it was so cool, and I, uh, I, I just like the aesthetic. I like the samurai look. I like the characters. They're enigmatic. They're cool. Um, they value things differently. The things that the things that the characters in Westworld value on their loops or even off their loops are not the same things that these characters value on and or off their loops. 
I love the stuff between Akane and Sakura. I liked that dynamic, that motherly sort of looking out for Sakura. So all the stuff was cool to me. And um, like you said, it was easily digestible. It was a nice vacation day from the rigors of the mental exercises of Westworld. And I'm five episodes in and I've still yet to read anything about the season. And I tell you what, it's been glorious and a lot easier to enjoy. I agree. So, yeah. Ah, he wasn't lost. Sorry. I was trying to think of how I knew him and someone's like, I think he wasn't lost. And he was. So, I feel better that that's what I know him from. Oh, right. This actor. Hiroyuki? Yes. And he was also in Revenge. Remember, I was watching that show, Revenge. And you were like, I love that guy. Oh, right. Um, Revenge is a show with a... That's a made for TV, not made for TV, but it's like got a fun first season and then it's really shitty, but I watched all of it because I have a problem. He was in that film, Sunshine, that we cover on the Science Fiction Film Podcast. Of course, he's in Last Samurai. He's been in quite a few things, but um, he's great. I love him. I love seeing him. I'm, I like seeing him get the recognition in the US that I think he deserves. Uh, I like him. I think he's a cool cat. He's a cool customer and uh, he just has this quintessence, quintessential stoicism about him that I really appreciate. Yeah. In a, in a world of, um, I don't know. I just, there's something about him. There's something traditional about him. There's something old school about him that rings of the guys I grew up watching versus the guys of today. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about him. So yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It was easy to follow and it was very enjoyable. It was a nice time out. So then the question becomes, a lot of times when you're watching shows like this, why why did this happen? Why did it exist? Why did we see Shogun? And I'm forced to answer that because I considered it. Why does this happen? Why does it happen? What does it even mean? Does it push any narrative forward? Does it do anything? Or is it simply just a side quest distraction? What is your take on that? Um, it's a little side quest distraction, I think. But I also think it pushes the story forward as far as like Maeve's feelings about her daughter and sure. her motherly instincts and also as far as like Maeve's ability to control the other hosts. Yep, that was huge. And I'm curious. I mean, this kind of gets into ter- into the territory of Deus Ex Machina. Like you have mm-hmm. to be careful that you don't have too much hand-waving capabilities from somebody like Maeve because then if you start to eliminate the dangers of the antagonists by simply doing hand-waving magic you start to drop the stakes quite a bit. And thus, by dropping the stakes, you drop the drama. The conflict doesn't seem like it's as worrisome. So I definitely felt my caution bone tingling when she started to, like, at the end, boom, everyone's killing each other. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you can just walk through the park. But it's funny because look how long she waited to do it. Right. I think she just discovered it. Yeah, but like she had she, done it earlier in the episode, and she did it when Hector was fighting with those men, with um whatever the guy's name is. I don't know, what's his name? Musashi. Musashi. <clears throat> um, When they were all fighting, she stopped all those guys, too, then. Right. She did say, I don't, when asked, how did you do this? She said, I don't know. Right, but then she, like, did it, and she had already done it twice. Well, are you talking about, well, let's let's define it. Are we talking about with words or silently? No, silently, because when Hector mm-hmm. and Musashi or whatever, when they were all fighting that huge army that was going to kill them, she, like, stopped them walking by. She wasn't even near them. When he, she was getting strangled? No, after. Well, let's she's go like, through oh, the I episode. Need them to distra- okay. So we don't get pulled off course here. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. 
Beginning. Beginning. Skarsgård brother that we love and no one yeah. else does. It's nice to see him. Like you said, the show of Forgotten Brothers. Yeah, I love these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Strand's looking over the damage. Bernard is there. Um, People looking for Abernathy. Maling calls. Um, she's talking about how they're dredging. They're about 50% done. They're going to drain the whole water. Um, and they have two teams looking for Abernathy. We do see a deceased Teddy. Yes, we do. So it was definitely him in the first episode. Yep. They, they definitely show you him. Strand tells her to recover everything and to bring Abernathy to him personally when she locates him. What did you think about opening up on Strand? I was, it was interesting because it's the only time we check in on this. It's been a while. Um, yeah. And, and it doesn't factor into the rest of the episode really at all. Um, but I don't think it's a terrible thing. I, I don't think it's bad to open with this. And just remind you, hey, don't forget there's still this I thing. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was time. Because at first I was like, oh, really? We're going to put these guys in this episode too? Like this is going to be a really heavy, like filled episode. Yeah. We're going to be seeing Bernard again with um, Strand. And then we're also going to see Maeve. We're also going to see Dolores. Like that's a lot of shit to do in an episode. But I, I didn't mind that they started with like, hey, here's this weird thing. Sure. This this plot line's still going on. This weird thing still happened, and you're still seeing the story leading up to it. The head swapping, maybe stuff, or whatever. Or, or, or the fact that yeah, it's not like a third of them. There was nothing inside their their fake brains, right? But it yep. wasn't like they'd been wiped. It was like they never held data to begin with. That's fascinating. And 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 strange. Strand says something. I almost called him strange. Doctor Strange. Strand says something here that's interesting. He says, we've lost third RAP in a single sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they burned down that room, so there's no um, right. backup, essentially. And he wonders how all these threads came together to create this nightmare, he's calling it. If we figure that out, we'll know how the story turns. He does not trust Bernard. He does not. You can tell by the looks, by the way they shoot their interactions, well, which is none, just him regarding Bernard. You're like, he says mm. something like, oh, quite a story he told. or Sure, know. sure, yep. Um, and this is where we move to uh, the cliffhanger from last week, correct? The cliffhanger from last week? Which was them, the samurai Musashi here running out of the darkness. Did that happen last? That was a week before. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. We accept, but, but, but this storyline's cliffhanger, I think is my point. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maeve tries to command Musashi, and there's this long beat. And she thinks she wins, and she's like, huh? And he just says, gag this one. Is that what he said? No. Um, I don't speak Japanese. I just make sounds that I think sound Japanese and, and, ex- and by extension humiliate myself in front of their culture. Do you think that's what they do? No, babe. I think they have an actual no, language. No, like I mean the people <laughs> in the episode who don't normally speak it. I think everyone in the in this speaks Japanese that speaks it. Okay. Then I of course. Said maybe they don't. Are you crazy? <laughs> what are you at? What? Are you a crazy person? Do you really think a show on HBO would be like, hey, Sandy, I know like, you know, you're from England and stuff. Just make noises that sound <laughs> Japanese. Are you fucking yeah. nuts? Maeve was really good at it. But the one person I knew was really speaking is like the one time Lee says something because he sounds like an American, like trying to speak Japanese. And it's really funny. Which I'm like, is That's funny because he's like. British. Well, not American, whatever. Not American. He sounds like a British person. A white person, Jap- is what you're saying. Yeah. He sounds like a white person. <laughs> you're, uh, just keep digging. You're doing great. Just keep digging deeper. Uh, no, they are, they're all, I don't, I don't claim to know Japanese at all, but I, I've read a lot about it. I've listened to a lot of tapes on it for no fucking reason, just because I was interested in it for a while. 
and I'm hearing words that were familiar to me from oh, their mm-hmm. speaking. So I'm like, okay, that's a word. I don't know what it is, but I've heard it before. It's not just a sound. You should um, learn how to speak Japanese. You should get a Rosetta Stone. Okay. I know. What kind of us? What does that mean? I can tell you. What kind of us? You just made that up. It doesn't even what mean us, I understand. Oh. I believe. And then what kind is, do you understand? I hope that you're wrong because that would be really funny. I might be. Somebody in the chat can look it up right now. Uh, the people in the chat don't know how to speak Japanese. Like, ohayo, gozaimasu, is hello, good morning. Are you sure? That sounds like a fucking um, Sims talk. It sounds like Ohio the state, which always threw me off. It sounds like The Sims. Like, have you ever played The ohayo, Sims? Ohayo, gozaimasu. That's have, hello, good morning. Yes, I play The Sims. Okay. You know I have. The way that they talk on The Sims sounds just like what you just said. Nice. Oh, see, I haven't watched after the show yet, Andrea. Andrea says um, they talked about Dandy learning Japanese and after the show. Of course. I doubt. I'm sure it's phonetic. Like, I, I know that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, there you go. Ugh. So um, now that you've alienated our seven Japanese listeners. I'm not trying to alienate them. No, I'm, I'm joking. just trying to be a person. Have you ever heard me do Japanese the samurai accent? It's, it's essentially Mako from Conan and I just make ridiculous sounds. I don't know what that means. I know you don't because you don't listen to the show. <laughs> and also I don't want to. Why would I listen to a show about Conan? A Science movie fiction I'll never film watch. podcast. You don't listen to that? Not when it's about Conan. Okay. I just listened to the clip show on the bonus feed the other day. We are uh, getting deep in the woods here with Jessica at the helm. I'll take the control back. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm surrounded by morons. Just- Wait, who said that? Or is that what they said in the, <laughs> they say in the episode? Or that's, is that what you said? That's what Musashi says in Japanese. No, that's what you say. No, no, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> anyway. Gag this one. He's not dumb, is he? Also, love the snow. Um, someone in the chat said, um, how do they know that she's trying to control them? I don't think that he does know that. I think he's just annoyed that she was talking and sounded cocky. So he's like, I don't gag her. Like the rest of them weren't saying anything. It was just Maeve, right? That's why they gagged her, just because she talked, not because of what she said. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like he had no idea that she was trying to control him because he doesn't speak English. Correct. Okay. You you like, your reaction was like, oh, yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> what was it like? like do do my reaction again? That was completely silent. Let's hear it. <laughs> no. Do my silent reaction. I want to hear it. You fucking weirdo. It wasn't silent. You said something. I will take you outside and strip you naked and whip you up on the back. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um. Anyway, they become prisoners. Lee tells us that this park was designed based on the Edo, Edo period in Japan. Specifically for those who found Westworld too tame. Which is very interesting. Yikes. Because Westworld can get kind of cray. Cray. Kids. Did you learn that when you're hanging out with your squad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were all being extra. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> Here's a list of words I never use. Oh, man. No, sometimes I use cray ironically. Sure. Or because, like, I pretend I'm 15, you know, whatever. Same difference. Wakarimasu. See, I understand, bitch. And then, do you understand? Wakarimasuka. Wakarimasuku. Wakarimasuka. And then, I don't understand. Wakarimasen. Yeah, see, I knew those, bitch. Gosh, I'm just, are you calling me a bitch? No, I'm just saying it in general. (laughs) To the great invisible. (laughs) I don't know what a T-H-O-T is, but I like it. All right, 
<clears throat> so, let's continue. Yes. They're prisoners. We learn that this particular park is not so tame. Uh, we also learn that Maeve understands Musashi and his merry little band. Correct. And also, Lee explains to her that the reason why her voodoo magic did not work is because she spoke the wrong language. Uh-huh. And that's why it didn't work with the Lakota. So everything that we were trying to figure out where I was saying, maybe it's because that they're already self-actualized and maybe that's why they don't. And no, it's literally just that she spoke the wrong language. So that question has now been answered. I I love that. I love that Westworld is now trolling people and just offering simple, logical answers. Yep. That's, that's, that was that. I think that's pretty awesome. They're like, (laughs) fuck you, Reddit. They're probably like, it's the quarter past on the crescent moon and the Saturn rising. And I think it has something to do with the tectonic plate shifts, which you could tell by the rumbling in a prior episode. And, and they're like, nah, bro, just doesn't understand the language. Way to alienate our Reddit listeners. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Whoa. All right. What do you think of that, guys? Coming in real hot. So anyway, they enter the village, which is awesome. Uh, great shots of the village. Cool architecture. Amazing set here that they built, clearly. And um, it starts to feel familiar, doesn't it? Here's some familiar music, just a little different. I like it. I like that they are using Asian instruments, specifically Japanese in this case, to play as painted black. They see a mariposa or butterfly in the sand garden, and they say mariposa, which I believe, isn't that the name of um, Maeve's place, the mariposa? Yeah, the mariposa, yeah. Musashi kills a dude with his sotagarami. Very nice. Say that five times fast. Sure won't. (laughs) I kill him with your sotagarami. Hi. You know hi? That means yes. No, I don't speak Japanese, but thank you. I'm teaching you words. You could be open and you could be (laughs) open to new things or you could just clam up over there like a little shithead. I can't just (laughs) learn how to speak a new language while I'm also trying to do a podcast. Say this. Ohio. I'm not going to say that it sounds like The Sims. Say hi. That also sounds like The Sims. Say wakarimasu. No, it sounds like The Fucking Sims. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't. If you she turn that like game new, on right now. She doesn't like to be taught things. It makes her feel insecure. If you fucking turn that game on right now, it sounds like what you they just They don't did. sound like that. Sims sound like this. No, they don't. And then they piss in the corner because you don't make the fucking, <laughs> you don't make the wall the right way. And the guy just pees his pants and they should all die for that. No, that's not, they go, they, they sound like this. Arigato. And then they <laughs> pee in the corner because you didn't make a bathroom fast enough. Yes. I used to just make him a bunch of pets. That's all I used to do in the Sims. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they stole the, the human owner of the pets, who is me the pet hoarder, she spoke like that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's fine. <laughs> um, Listen to it. Watch a YouTube video of it. No joke. Okay. So, kills the guy with a weapon. Uh, this kicks off a, a familiar narrative. And this scene was fucking awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, this was really cool. It's just cool. Come on. I just like like Lee's reaction where they're like, wait a second, like this is us. And he says, well, I had to borrow. It's hard to write 300 narratives overnight or over a weekend. Indeed. Uh, some some fine bowmanship here by uh, this other character. Armistice the, doppelganger. Yep. Her name is Hanarayu. I'm glad you know that. Hanarayu. Hanarayu. 
played by Tao Akamoto. I know zero names. Teo Akamoto, I believe is how you would say it. Teo Akamoto plays Hanurayo. Hiroyuki Sanada-san plays Musashi. And then uh, Kiki Sukizane plays Sakura. Who plays Akane? Do you just tell me that? I didn't um, listen. I didn't tell you who plays oh, Akane. Well, who plays her? Akane is played by... Ooh, ooh, where'd she go? I don't know. I'm looking on the IMDP page. Oh, yeah. Rinko Kikuchi. She's really fucking pretty. Yeah. I have to say about her. She shown off is. Like, she's real good looking. She has a very beautiful face. But we move on to uh, this amazing scene. I like this a lot. And it's funny because I was thinking to myself, are they going to adjust the dialogue a little bit for the actual theme park? And they did, which was cool. And that's coming up here when we see Musashi interacting with... Akane. Akane. Maeve and Hector. Yep, it's cool. And you also notice, like, the fine thing, because it's a tattoo on the face where Armistice is like, hey, they're us. Yeah, she notices it right away. But it's funny because She says, you, this all looks familiar. <laughs> if you look at Musashi, he also has a scar on his face like Hector does. Right. Which you don't really realize at first. And then as soon as you're like, oh, they are them, you're like, oh, shit, they really are them. It's cool. <laughs> um, I'll be damned. It's us, Armistice says. I may have cribbed a little from Westworld. You try writing 300 stories in a week. I like his British accent when you say it. It was okay. He sounds so much fancier than he is on the show. I'll have I'll have all my British listeners know they'll be very proud of me today that while working with my good friend who is uh, who's from Macclesfield, which is considered uh, he's considered a northerner. So they have like a northerner and a southerner thing. Mm-hmm. Very distinct accents. And uh, I made a note today. This is a funny side story. So uh, I'm I'm listening to him on the phone today, and I said, "Fuck!" He just said a word that sounded exactly like Sean Bean. Okay, he said winter, and he said it like that. You know how Sean Bean says winter is coming, and he says it winter yeah. like that. And I said he he said it he said winter just like that. And I thought to myself, I wonder where Sean Bean's from. He's from like ten miles away from there where this guy was born. Hmm. Like Sheffield, I guess, is like 20, 25 miles away, I guess. And uh, I made that note and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he was telling me the difference between Southerners, which are considered like the the like Nandy Dandy, like, like you know, soft people. And like the Northerners are like your more blue collar people in England. But uh, you would say Lee has a very much a Southern, a Southerners accent yeah. from England. Um, that's how I'm tying it back in. I swear I'm not just talking bullshit for nothing. You try writing 300 stories in a week. But uh, the fight is awesome. Musashi kills a Chinese envoy by slashing his throat. And then he talks to Akane. Mm-hmm. I no longer serve the Shogun. How can I be entertained? He asks. And she says, you know, you can't touch a geisha without permission. And we see um, Honorayu sh- uh, freeing Armistice, which was cool. Right. Men have lost their hands for touching Geisha without permission. Boy, we see the uh, the the safe falling, right? And it's cool. They exactly, have, like, they have the tension. It's just awesome. It's it's exactly like that moment, and it, it the the safe thing is so um, I don't know, spot on. Like yeah. just like it, it looks cool. so much like it's so cool. Yep, very good stuff here. These guys get designs that they might have their way with Sakura. And then that's when Maeve injects herself into this conflict. Right? This is cool. 
Yeah, I like that too, because obviously when Armistice got loose, they let all of them loose. And he was like, we're all going to talk like, you know, adults here and put our weapons down. Put, put our guns down, put our swords down and have a civilized conversation. Um, Akane agrees. After all, we seem to have much in common, Akane mm-hmm. says. So what do you think of this? It seems like Hanarayu and Akane, of course we know our characters did because, but but it's funny that they are almost instinctively picking up on the similarities without being in their narrative. Like it's easier for Maeve and Hector and them to realize the narrative they're witnessing because they're witnessing it. Right. But it's harder for them to come up with that, but they seem to have it. Like Akane seems to intuit that Maeve and her are connected. Yeah. Did for you catch sure. up on that? I thought that was really interesting. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, we take a break from Shogun World. In Westworld, everyone is dead. Yes. We're uh, we're back in Sweetwater. We're back where it all started. Which is fascinating because what do we have this episode? We have our original people returning to a narrative from the beginning and them returning physically to the beginning. It's mm-hmm. kind of a cool... That's true. It's a cool parallel between the two stories. Although Dolores would disagree. Correct. Because she says, Sweet, Sweetwater was never home to begin with, Teddy. We were born long before this place ever existed. What do you think of that? I think that like Dolores is going to relax a little. Dolores is creeping me out and in a good way. Dolores is like, poor Teddy just says a hell of a homecoming. And Dolores is like, oh, how fucking dare he call this a homecoming. <laughs> like, she is so I mad at him. spank your bottom blue, Teddy. It's like when, you know, she's been with Teddy for so long that every little thing he does annoys her. She's like, how dare he call this a homecoming? How yeah. dare he say this thing? How dare he ask me to run away with him? How dare he say we should save those cows <laughs> and give them shelter from the blue flies? She's like, I will do everything to extinguish the light in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> How can I break him? I will whittle him down to a nub. <laughs> well, that's nice. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Dolores. So, so they made her very similar to real women. Damn, sons. Yes. Give you a hard disagree there, sir. I know that was very heteronormative coastal elite of me. And I apologize. I will make up to it by going to three rallies this week. Really? Are you going to go or are you going to just make Matthew go in your stead? Because he loves that shit. <laughs> Damn, throwing shade at my boy Matt on this podcast. He'll never listen to it. But then again, I said Josh would never listen to this podcast either. And I got an angry text today about saying a corporal was really high up in the military. Yes. <laughs> so I sh- guess he does listen. You, should, you deserve that, to be honest with you. <laughs> but anyway... <clears throat> So Teddy thinks about how he would always end, bu- and end up back at Sweetwater. The train's really beat up. Looks like she's taken some hits the past few days, says Dolores, but who hasn't? Shooters her men to fix up the train, strip it for speed. Um, and then they go to the Mariposa. And this is where she explains she's getting her daddy back. And then, of course, we see Clementine on a loop watching the other Clementine replacement on the same loop. This was creepy. Well, I don't think zombie Clementine is on a loop. No, no, okay. no, the one is, and she's going in and witnessing it and kind of fondly thinking back. On I don't it. think she's fondly thinking back of it. I think she's fucking sad that she's not living that life anymore and yeah, she wants yeah. to fucking go back. Right. So that's another thing that mirrors the Japanese thing, right? There, that's like a mirror. Like she's, she's watching herself, watching herself kind of in a weird way. Yeah. But I mean, it was really sad. It was really sad. Yeah. Because she's watching. She also looks way more tan all of a sudden in the Mariposa. She does look tan. Like, what the fuck did she... 
Went it must tan. have been a long walk. Go I guess. spray tan. Got a long walk out in that desert. Stop and go spray tan on her way in uh, fucking no Jersey Shore it's, world. It's not working. Wherever you get a spray, you got to workshop it. No mm. one's laughing. Sorry. I don't care. It's okay. Just telling you. Being honest with you. Anyways, poor zombie Clementine. She's like, hey, wait a second. That's supposed to be me, or I wish that was me, or whatever. And she's all sad. And Dolores is just like, eh, you. You, you broken girl. You go join the others. <laughs> She's like, let me get a, she goes, let me get a good look into your eyes. Is the light look extinguished? Okay, perfect. Okay, you, you join the others. <laughs> she doesn't want to kill. She just wants to destroy dreams. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, this zombie Clem is sadder than I've ever seen. Oh, we'll send perfect. her back to the others. She's like a demon that just feasts on it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I told you, Teddy, this place was never home. Let's ride. There was some place I want you to see, basically, right? Yeah, she's been, <laughs> Dolores is like literally, she's like, all right, Teddy, let me take you to all these places so I can remember how you're too soft for me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Poor Teddy. Well, back to Shogun World. Height. They watch Sakura dance. Sakura's a good character in Street Fighter, side note. Back to it. Maeve is miffed that this dancing thing is taking too long. Sure, I would be too. Right. Um, and that's when Lee explains that you have to wait them out. And he explains the importance of hospitality. I like that. I like that he talks about this because obviously in this period in Japan, this is an important thing. He warns that if you don't hear them out, that you could be dead, basically. And that's when Maeve notes that in addition to their narratives being plagiarized, their very identities were too. It's not plagiarism, it's supply and demand. <laughs> Right. I like when you do the Lee accent. Makes me laugh. <laughs> it's over the top. Time. I know. I suck at it. Uh, Hector isn't fond of Musashi. Uh, Lee explains that seeing your own doppelbot, good term. I agree. I wrote in my notes. Big fan. Maybe a bit of a mind fuck. And then we just like see how much is fucking everybody up. Like Hector's all fucked up and Armistice and like her doppelganger are like looking at Not going to lie. I thought they were about to do some hot ass lesbian I kiss. I was 100% concerned convinced that they were gonna like bang no like from the start when they first saw each other i was like this is love what is scissors oh stop i hate that oh my god (laughs) tell me what is no that's like my worst favorite term well it doesn't happen so don't worry thank god um Um, i mean yeah it might have we don't know just don't know questions that may never be answered so, um, in the middle of this, we see this emissary show up. Not, yeah. a, not an emissary of LSG Media, sadly. I w- he might be. <laughs> he might be. We don't know. He could be a member. I've come to bestow honor on this house, he exclaims. Walking around like the cock of the walk. Yeah. Psh, <laughs> this fucking guy. Maybe I don't want him to be an emissary in LSG Media. The Shogun's envoy emissary explains that the Shogun wishes to acquire Sakura permanently. And that's when it kind of says, it took me forever to help the light return to her eyes. Hopefully Dolores ain't around. <laughs> you know, shit. Dolores like, what? She has light in her eyes? <laughs> she swings Let me in. at her. She swings in like fucking Indiana Jones. She's like, your parents never loved you. <laughs> she runs away. Sweet waters and flames. <laughs> or no, Sweet Lake. What something? Whatever. Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Silver Sea. Her cornerstone. <laughs> The Lord turned to the ground just to stab in this girl. She hands her a bunch of Polaroids of her dead family. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Dolores, the great ruiner. Oh my God. The great ruiner of life. That is the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Sakura is not for sale. He's he's essentially saying that's when you insolent, whatever the fuck. (laughs) 
And that's what <laughs> I think he actually says that. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Lee recognizes this one. He calls it Army of Blood. Right? He's very excited. He recognizes his narrative. Yeah, I like Lee like knowing his like stuff and being like, oh, this is my thing I created. Because <laughs> you know what? Of course he would be. Like Akane rather stabs him in the fucking eye. That was amazing. Yeah, I knew she was gonna kill Burr, him. Right and in the, the eyeball. The best is how like just Lee's like, okay, well, she has no choice but to give up Sakura. Here's my And then she price. stabs him and Lee's like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> I like it. I like the I like it that she takes that action. It's awesome. Looks like someone else looks like someone else has a choice, I believe, is said here. Yep, that's what Maeve says. Um, Musashi rushes in. What have you done? Hired myself a Ronin, Akane says. Very cool. Um, she tells him that he will take them someplace far away before the Shogun seeks vengeance. And that's when Lee says, Snow Lake. Yeah. If Dolores didn't burn to the ground, <laughs> it happens to be Sakura's cornerstone, and there's an elevator to the tunnels. Very cool. Lee tells Maeve that it's her cornerstone and uh, all that jazz. So Maeve says they will go. We are more than capable in a fight. Yeah. Musashi agrees. He's not stupid. Mm-hmm. They will leave under the cover of night, he says. That's stupid. <clears throat> this is where this gets dumb. I'm like, you should have left right away. I immediately judged them for waiting. I think he thought, based on the distance to the camp, that surely they wouldn't have gotten here so quickly. And also based on the fact that Lee said um, that ninjas never come here and neither does Shogun, and they do in this episode. Like, right. So Musashi probably made the right call based on his experience yeah. to date. And Lee was probably like, great idea, guys. <laughs> well, we are more than capable, and then Maeve is haunted by her memory of her daughter. Akane and Sakura is a constant reminder. Even though Sakura is not actually Akane's daughter, she's nope. Akane's Clementine, which is interesting. You'd probably say there is a maternal instinct there for sure. Because there kind of was with Maeve and Clementine yeah, a little bit too, so. but not as much. And I wonder if it's because of this residual memory for her daughter from a previous timeline. Maybe. It was why Maeve was never that attached. Sure. I don't know. Or and maybe then, there's no reason. And then we get what every what every teenage boy and maybe girl too, I don't know, loved in the 80s, a good old ninja attack. No, I thought you were going to say something about nudity or... And this is awesome. This shit is cool. This is really good action. Um, again, we see uh, our boy here, um, Hanaruke uh, Sonata, whatever the fuck. What's his name again? I literally don't know anyone's name in this episode. It's hard to remember his name. It's Hiroyuki Sonata. Is that his real name? Yes. Why don't you just call him his name in the show? It's too confusing to use two names. Because I want to compliment his swordsmanship and choreography here. Okay. And I can't certainly do that on a fake person. Yeah, you can. Okay. Good. Well, you well, do good job, you Musashi. when you start your podcast, you can I have one. It's called LSG Media. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do. The Westworld Beyond Limits. <laughs> See, I even know the name of the podcast. It's not what it's called, <laughs> but nice try. <laughs> hey, real quick, there's an opening for the second chair. So she doesn't, literally doesn't know the name of the show. <laughs> literally doesn't know the name of the show. It's not called Beyond Westworld Beyond Limits. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm in the group. Yep. Yeah. Well. This is what we have to work with over at LSG Media. These are the people that are holding me back, Brian Campbell. Wait, I know the name of the Stranger Things podcast. That's the only one I know, I think. It's called The Hawkins Report. That's true. That's the only one I know. 
What's the name of the Game of Thrones podcast? Just a Game of Thrones okay, podcast. Okay, that one I know Before too, I then. started to get clever and be smart. All right, then I know that one too. Yeah. I win. I yeah, know oh yeah, three. that's really good. Wait, what's the name of this podcast? Not the one you're literally <laughs> talking on right now. What's the name of this podcast? I'm not telling you. We have to continue though. Can someone in the chat tell me the name of this podcast? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So during the ninja attack, we see some awesome shit here. Uh, Maeve shows off her skill. And I know this means nothing to you, but I called her. I said, she's essentially like a Benny Gesserit from yeah. Dune. And she's using the voice to just command and fucking freeze and stop people and tell them to do shit. It's really cool. Um, Sorry. I, I, I laughed at Andrew said this podcast is called Westworld No Limit Soldiers Podcast. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> It's called Thanks. Without Limits. Thank you, Andrea. I'm going to call it now No Limits Soldiers Podcast forever. <laughs> it's called Without No Limits Texas Hold'em Westworld Podcasts with Soldiers. <laughs> it's really long. It's, it's, it makes it hard to search in iTunes, but I thought it was a good idea. I don't know why the Soldiers and the Texas Hold'em are involved, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Patrick in the chat likes the Dune reference. Thanks, pal. Yeah, Benny Jesuit. My name is a killing word. All right. Hector struggles with one. See, this is another thing I liked about this. We know Hector's a badass. We know he's a great gunfighter, probably a great brawler. But we see him struggling with one fucking ninja. Yeah. Meanwhile, Musashi's chopping up like four. Because ninjas are fucking crazy. He gets a good assist from Maeve. But Maeve's getting strangled hard. She manages to mentally <laughs> utter a command to kill her attacker. She's getting strangled hard, is what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maeve's getting strangled hard. She is. Hard. <laughs> so hard. Not quite like simulated choking that she does with Hector. That's different kind of hard. <laughs> ninjas go a little too hard, I think. <laughs> I think the ninjas strangle oh a little on God. the hard side. A little on the I might have a stroke side. A little on the this could be murder. Could be. Side. They're like, I'm sorry, I do not have the control of my stringering. Or something oh. like that. But the other ninja takes off for calling her a witch. Smart. Musashi knows that the ninja are the shogun's men, so not really ninja at all, just wearing the garb because they're like tattooed or something, right? Correct. Yeah, he pulls the shirt aside and he's like, I gotta strip this guy down. I'm not a ninja expert. Come to find out, not an expert on the Edo period of Japan, but I don't think, I, I don't think they're, I think they're just dressed as ninja because they wouldn't have any marks on them that would show an allegiance because ninjas don't have an allegiance to a lord. They were like, People you would hire, I think. So so a ninja's like a mercenary? So maybe he just was trying to eliminate them on the down low, but maybe not. Yeah, they're more like a mercenary, I think. Maybe he makes them get tattooed, though, as part of their mercenary duties. It wouldn't happen. How do you know? Because they'd be like, oh, okay, and then they'd poison him. Mercenaries only want money. They'd be like, I choke you in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your accent is offensive. Why? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think it sounds awesome myself. I think they sound cool. All right. <laughs> why is it Why is it offensive? Why can't I fucking do a Northern England accent and you're not offended by that? I am offended by that too. I'm offended every time you do an accent. Winter is coming. That's, I'm really especially offended by that. I'm getting a lot of email from British listeners about how offended they are. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I know you do. I see all the British as shit posts. Well. Let's try to stay. And everyone made fun of Craig Dealey for that time he got a hedgehog. They said that was too British. If it's a less thought-provoking episode, don't worry, guys. We'll find bullshit to talk about. 
Which is good because my voice is shot today. Well, Sakura's gone. Unbelievable. No one thought to fucking protect Sakura when this was all going on, honestly. No, they were trying not to get their throats cut or strangled hard. Like, but, but what was Armistice doing? Like, she always was run, running down the stairs, half clothed, dragon lady behind her. Oh, Sakura's missing. Whoops. <laughs> fucking rosy cheeks. <laughs> What were you two doing? Her hair's all tussled. Oh, a new thing called a scissor. No, I hate that word so much. I showed her how to do the golden dragon. I'm fine with the golden dragon. It's when you put your arm. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> oh. if you're if you if you're if you're alive, come out face justice, right? Because Shogun's men didn't come to town yet. Here they are. Mm-hmm. Lee is not happy about this shit. They mean to terrify the town into submission. Musashi warns. How do you know? I used to be captain of Shogun's Guard. It's what I would have done. Maeve has an idea. She asks if Musashi can buy her some time. Yeah. She's going to use her mind powers to escape. Mind bullets. So Musashi goes outside, and when he ever opens those gate doors and steps outside, he looks like a fucking bona fide badass. Do you think he's more of a badass than Hector right now? Yeah. Even though Hector's so handsome. <clears throat> Yeah. I think yeah. so too. I feel I think, bad about think, saying it. Well, remember he's Edo period Japan. He's not gonna have he's not gonna be he's not gonna be handy with the old pistolas, you know what I mean? Yeah. He sure ain't. He sure ain't. But um Hector's still a big badass, don't get me wrong. Especially when it comes to a gunfight. In a gunfight, much more useful than Musashi. Yeah, because in a, in a knife sword fight, fight, yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, but if you bring a gun to a sword fight, then you win. Don't bring a gun to a knife fight, that's what they say. Who's they? The people of this episode and the world. <laughs> I just, you know, I just was... Don't uh, bring a knife to a gunfight. I heard an old lady say it today, actually, on the street. She waved and said, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> no, that's the thing that people say. Oh, my it's God. It's a saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Little old ladies tell it to their, like, grandchildren. And that's the day Uncle Edward brought a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> Go to sleep now. <laughs> sleep well. Justice Tanaka, what does my old lieutenant know of such lofty ideas? Satisfying to see you, but it's Captain Tanaka now, or haven't you heard? Yeah, and I know all about these rankings. Hector calls Tanaka a puckered asshole, no, which good. is fucking brilliant. It's good. <clears throat> you enjoy your new title so much. Let's see if you earned it. Ronin scum. Do you know what Ronin is? No, but it sounds like something that would be in Lord of the Rings. Nope, sure isn't. A Ronin is considered a masterless samurai. You don't think that could be in Lord of the Rings, though? Do you? Is this where you don't want to be educated again? No, I want to be educated. Okay. I just feel like my my opinion was valid. Um, it's not an opinion. It was a guess that was wrong. I'm letting you know, it's not an opinion. It's a guess that was wrong. There's a pretty big difference, my friend. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> is it something that's in Lord of the Rings? No. Well, that's my opinion. I think your brain is broken. Perhaps you're leaking cortical fluid out of your ears. <laughs> I did work all weekend. I am tired. Um, Ronin is a matchless samurai. Does not serve a, a shogun daimyo. It's the name of five kids that Andrea knows. <laughs> what the fuck kind of neighborhood did she grow up in? <laughs> I love Andrea's life. You know, it's a you know it's a word in um, 
Rowan. That's a very like hippy dippy Lord oh, of the my. Rings kind of name. Oh, I know Rowan. somebody who I went to high school with who named their baby Rowan. And I thought it's it was cool a name. boy's name, but it's a girl. Yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah, for like a dog. Just kidding. If you have a baby named that, sorry. Um, our our highest donating listeners named Rowan. <laughs> Shit. And they just canceled and cost us our whole business. <clears throat> All right. So Tanaka orders his men to take them, and they do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they get overwhelmed pretty quickly, which makes sense to me because they're fighting a whole fucking regiment of men. And we go back to Dolores and Teddy. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at Andrea's rodents. Our name Maybe Rodan Butterfly you shut Gibraltar. the chat and we get through this episode. What do you think of that one? Not a move. Oh, other hosts listen to the chat too. They, however, are much better at multitasking. I think I've done a really good job multitasking. Okay. Uh, why don't you take me through the Dolores and Teddy scene? Great. So Dolores and Teddy, okay. They ride out to the area that they always used to meet and speak sweet nothings to one another is what I wrote in my notes. Mm-hmm. She said she wanted to go see that place last time because they spent a lot of time there saying that they'd run away together and start a life somewhere. Teddy's like, someday. And then Teddy starts thinking. He says, wait, maybe someday can be right now. Why can't we just go find some place and live our lives together and be in love? Because that sounds awfully too joyous, but, boy. But Dolores has a story to tell them first. A little bedtime story. <laughs> she's going to tuck she him says, in. She's- pull up his little comforter. <laughs> give him a little glass of milk. <laughs> tell him about bringing knives to a gunfight. And then she tells him what? <laughs> she says, remember that time we lost the herd? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually exactly how she talks. In that shaky ass voice. Remember that time I told you we lost the <laughs> So basically all these like cows and shit were dying. They're getting real sick. It was blue tongue or something. Um, and they learned it was spreading from the flies. And she says, poor daddy didn't sleep all night. Just sat up thinking, what am I going to do? Hmm. Uh, so Teddy says, Teddy, what would you do? And Teddy's like, well, I would build kinda... some shelter. I would quarantine those cows. I put the sickest ones in the barn so they could heal with no flies. They would be in shelter. They'd be fine and everyone would live. And so Laura says, oh, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy. You're a kind That last vestige of light in your eye. Allow me to extinguish it with this big bucket of misery. And this is the best thing. She's like, you're a kind man. And she's like, my dad burned them all. And the flies didn't like the smoke, so the rest of the herd lived. Bam. Bam. Sleep tight, Teddy. Sleep tight. Take that riddle of the Sphinx. <laughs> and then she says the best line that literally made Dean laugh so hard he rewound it the first time we watched the Dude. episode. is when Dolores says, I'll think about what you said, Oh Teddy. my God, it's the best line. It's the most comedic line in the show of all time. I'll think about what you said. And she condescendingly pats his fucking... Marble man chin. This is like every person. Oh, it's beautiful. This is it's every so person who's in a relationship where they really like this other person. And they're like, I really, really like you. And the other person's like, okay, you're fun to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. You really like me? Holy hey, shit. Hey, Teddy, I'll think about it. I'll think about what you said. Yeah. Like, like, she, like he asked for a raise. <laughs> what the fuck? I'll think about what you said. You brought some real good points to the table. You're right. Sales are up, Teddy. Hey, Dolores, you want to be my girlfriend? Oh, Teddy. <laughs> I'll think about what you said. Oh, Teddy. <laughs> you poor bastard. 
<laughs> His storylines are so gangster. Poor Daddy. Oh my God. Dolores. It's like this fucking riddle of evil. If you fail it, you have to die. Anyway. <laughs> Whoa. Back to the old Shogun. Oh, yeah. Lee explains that if the Shogun is playing fast and loose with his army and ninjas, that their chances of survival have dropped to fuck all. Yeah, I like Lee's got a really good and not hyperbolic outlook on everything. You know what? Sure. I like Lee. I yeah, think he's been pretty important to this to this season, and he's being used very well. I hated Lee, and now he's good in my book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ditch Akane, and we make a run for Snow Lake. Why should we all get killed over a literal sex machine? Present company excluded. I love that he says that. <laughs> Maeve takes exception with this. That machine's name is Sakura. You can't keep doing this. Give us people the love and then getting upset when we do. That is just fucking code. You're wrong. I'm coded to care about nobody but myself, but here I am willing to risk my life for someone else. So much for your so-called daughter. Now you sounded like Hannibal Lecter. That was not a very this? good job. So much for your so-called Delta. That was really Hannibal Lecter. Jumping into the back of cars, playing with the boys. Is that what you did, Clarice? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> not okay with that. <clears throat> well, don't make me break out my cosmopolitan accent from an episode ago. What? My very cosmopolitan. Oh, yeah. Well, so much for your so-called daughter. If you want to go alone, be my guest. Mention my daughter again, and I'll snap you like a matchstick. Yeah. And he says, oh, like you did to that other bro? The huh, ninja? Maeve? I think huh? he says ninja. Oh, he bro. didn't say bro? Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, bro. How did you do that? And she says, I think I'm finding a new voice. Yeah, she doesn't know. I like that she doesn't know. She says, I think I'm finding a new voice. <clears throat> no, if it is New Orleans, Austin's telling me that's a New Orleans accent. If it is, it's totally accidental. It's called the Bill from True Blood accent. New, Orle- New Orleans is more like a kind of... You know who does the best New Orleans accent in that show? The guy who ends up being the killer who is married to the girl in the first season of True Blood? Renee. Renee. He's got a legit-ass yeah, fucking like New French, Orleans. Like- yeah, it's Creole. It has a Creole sound yeah, to Creole. it. Yeah, <clears> Creole. But your, your accent you're doing... Is the True Blood accent, which is supposed to be the Louisiana accent. It's more of a Bill accent. Yeah. And Bill's accent is a British person trying to do a New Orleans <laughs> accent. <laughs> which shows you how good I'm doing it. Not very. It just makes me want to watch season one of New True Orleans. Blood. Orleans. Okay. Ready? Mm-mm. I've been writing my whole life for this. Yeah. Um... So uh, they're going to take a stop because Lee's going to take a piss because he's human. He's got to do those things. And um, What does he do here? He's clever, isn't he? There's some uh, dead dead people and he hears a little walkie-talkie. So he's like, oh, I better scoop that right up. Scoop that up. Stick it down in the old Traitorous, undergarments. Traitorously. He's not dumb. He doesn't know where this is going to go with these robots. Robots? He doesn't know the robots. Oh my God, what was that lady's name who always said that? Don't know. She but. found that documentary. But um, this is not your fight. No, it's ours. A little intimate moment between Akane and Maeve. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I like. I like their bond. They get to the samurai camp. Maeve presents the guardian of the three provinces as a humble gift. She regrets that she has no gift for his daimyo that are present. What does daimyo mean? Lords. Oh. Essentially. Okay. They're just lords that answer to him. I thought they were just different people from a different like place. And I was like, what are those bros doing here? <laughs> it would be it life. would be like if say say this guy was Joffrey and say oh. I know. Say this guy was Joffrey 
like he ran the whole kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then you had like Renly there and the other guy there and Ned there and another guy there and like any of the wardens. Oh, those timelines work, but okay. But they don't, <laughs> they don't work wise ass. <laughs> but my point is if they were there, if the wardens were present and you brought a gift for Joffrey, but not those lords, that's essentially what's happening here. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't bring anything for the daimyo. It's like I'm not, remember that Doctor Who episode that you actually had to watch where there were all those different aliens and like they all brought gifts for each other and the doctor's like, here, I brought you the gift of air because he didn't bring anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you even watched that episode. I did watch it. I know. Oh. So he tosses the statue on the ground. He makes some jokes. He says, I killed 2,000 men in the siege of Osaka. I burned the Kayama Castle to the ground. You know, this land by sheer force of will. And you call this trash a tribute? I thought it was a nice gold animal, and I liked it. He's being funny. He's so he thinks. But Lee notes the uh, leaking cortical fluid. The yes. Shogun is not awake, we're told. There's a lot of questions about this in the Maid chat. Maid says he's broken. And the Shogun laughs. Like that. He talks about sense of humor. He welcomes them. When my ninja told me they had encountered a witch... I had it to protect them from mystic commands. And uh, he shows that he chopped their fucking ears off. Hey, you're a psychopath. Yeah, and like, did those people allow that? Because Apparently. We're also told that the legendary Sakura will be on display this evening. And that's when Akane approaches the Shogun and is revealed. Now, when they were introduced, they were introduced as the envoy from China, his wife, and a translator. So I think he thought that was the envoy under the... Garment. Correct. That's yeah. who she's pretending I missed, to be. I missed that the first go around. Oh, I did. Because at first I was like, wait, who is supposed to be Lee's wife, Maeve or Akane? Hmm. And I'm like, either way, this is a real upgrade probably from Lee's day-to-day life. Right. So. So. I like the scene. I think it's cool. I like that, again, that we see the gift presentation. I like that we're steeped in a, we get a little, a little bit of a glimpse into the culture of the time. It was cool, man. And the outfits were awesome. I definitely love what they were wearing. I agree. And then... Um, Akane wants the her back, and the Shogun's like, you know what? You were a good dancer once, back in your prime. You, you were real good at the legs and eggs on Saturday morning. Can you uh, do a little dance? Is that what it was? The legs and eggs? Yeah. Is, that a, is that a New England thing he's only? Like, he's like, you were really sexy back in your egg foo young. <laughs> egg foo young's and leg day. <laughs> his legs and eggs like only like a uh, people around here would get that reference I feel like I feel like that's the only you're really sexy back us. in your low main and legs day <laughs> first of all nobody even knows what legs and eggs actually is that's what I was saying like I'm like is that just a New England thing like like the, is that like super local because that was like what Providence or something where they did legs and eggs or is that everywhere? I don't know, but Andrea in the chat says she that know what legs she's is. the back in her prime stuff cut her deep. But I'm here to assure you, Andrea, that don't worry because back in your prime back in those days was like 19. You're getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah. So don't you worry. Um, and legs and eggs was a strip club would um, advertise as they would do specials for legs and eggs, where essentially yes, it was a breakfast buffet. <laughs> <laughs> with a strip club. Nothing I like more than a spread eagle girl while I'm eating my fucking Denver omelet. I don't remember. That's a, that's definitely... It's pretty weird, right? I'm not making it up. It's a legit thing that happened around here. Hold on. Shake that ass. Oh, man. This sausage is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have my eggs over easy, please? Thanks. Can I get a lap dance and some hollandaise sauce? <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb. 
What a stupid concept. Oh, they do them in eggs, legs and eggs in Wisconsin also. Ben Kissel says. He's a podcaster, I know. I and by no, I mean I listen to his podcast <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, shall we? Even dragons must conduct business, she says coolly. Give Sakura to me and I will pay any price. The Shogun recalls the younger days as you mentioned. Do this and she is yours. In other words, you must perform with her and I will give her to you. Akane agrees. Yeah, who cares? She's going to dance for some bro again. She's cool. Like, she's done this a million times. Um, so, we go back to Teddy and Dolores. The train will be ready by morning. Angela comes back and notes that Abernethy will be at the Mesa. So, Teddy and Dolores go up to her old bedroom, and uh, she gives him a pity fuck. Oh, my God. This, <laughs> when this happened. Can I just say like, a couple things? Teddy. <laughs> First of all, this shit was written for y'all. Y'all who? Ladies. This was not written for me. It was. I did not like it. It was written for, how about this? Ladies that like romance novel covers. We all know I don't like that. Because, good God, could we get a closer shot of those fucking rhomboids? What are rhomboids? Those muscles in the middle of Teddy's back. Oh, yeah. I noted the rhomboids. I don't know what rhomboids are, but yes, Teddy is a very attractive man. Like, there's no denying. He's a marble man. Good at, got, a, got a solid caboose on him. Yeah, he does. Got a couple of one, two nice cheeks. Yeah. No penis shot, though. Nope. Um, I'm not some stranger, Dolores. Come from outside looking for a pretty lie. I've known you my whole life. Where we go, we go eyes open together. They kiss. We get nice rhomboid love. And then... Um, I wrote her and Teddy Bang for probably the first time. No question. Like, legit ever, I mean. Like... They might have banged other people in other narratives. We know Dolores is, you know, banged other people willingly or not willingly. But I'm pretty sure that Teddy was like, this is my virginity. I've saved it for Dolores for this very moment. <laughs> and she's about to do something real romantic afterwards. You know, when you like the morning after you snuggle and make them breakfast in bed. Oh, she's got something better coming, guys. Those rhomboys look like a couple of tigers fighting under a tarp. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Kaya's like, is Dolores like really like she's like, oh, Teddy wants me to run away with him. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him if he wants me to lie. He's like, no, Dolores, I'm with you hundred percent. She's like, now I'm gonna fuck him. And then after I fuck him, I'm gonna literally wipe his whole memory and essentially kill him. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> I'm like, you are dark as fuck, bitch. Yeah. This scene started every time like when they were on the bed. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna bang. They're gonna bang. And Dean's like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh, they're gonna bang. Like I was so like aghast. Like I couldn't believe what's happening. She's like, happen. could you choke me like Hector hard? Not quite ninja hard. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy's like, I, I don't do that, Dolores. I don't do that. I'm a good old boy. The only thing I choke is the <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I choke are the ears of corn I pull off for supper. Okay, pal. I thought you were gonna talk about masturbating, but okay. <laughs> I don't think he does that. I'm Teddy? just a regular cowpoke. No, he probably does. Then he fucking cries after. He's like, I wish I hadn't done that. Do you think he cries about it? Oh, yeah. This is really a riveting information we're giving people. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, so yeah. Oh, so yeah, some banging. Some real banging. Back to the Shogun's camp. Akane and Maeve get to see Sakura. I like this scene a lot. Yeah. I think this is a really standout scene. Um, very, very emotionally impactful, I thought. So the Shogun apparently tattooed Sakura's back. That's fucked up, by yeah. the way. 
I was like, oh, I thought like they were going to pull like her back down. She was going to be whipped or like, like all bruised up and in that type of thing. Yes. And I was like, oh, they just gave her a beautiful tattoo. And as I have a cherry blossom t- tattoo on my back as well, I was like, oh, we're bonded now. Spoiler alert, that bitch is now dead. So maybe that was a bad tattoo choice. To make her more beautiful. Don't worry, great things lie ahead of us. When I was a girl, I was plagued by a voice saying, don't stare, don't touch, don't do anything you might regret. So I ran away, crossed the shining sea. And when I set foot on these shores, I heard the same voice. Do you know what it said? It said, this is the new world. And then May finishes. You can be whoever you want. Because we've heard May give the same speech to Clementine. Correct. Soon, Sakura... You can, too, be whoever you want. They cry together. Akane prepares for her dance. Does Akane believe what she's saying right now? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think she knows going into this that she's going to kill that that guy. I think so, too. No matter what. Yep, and I think she is worried for Sakura's life. And and I think that her hope is just that she can kill him and only her life will be lost. Mm -hmm. I think that is what Akane is thinking going into this, that if she can kill him... And maybe she'll lose her life, but Sakara can still find that new world. Yeah. You know? Where is she? Maeve's daughter. <clears throat> A new world, just like the story. Oh, I love when she says, I think she would like to meet you to Akane. Like, Akane seems really touched by that. Yeah. I like that. It's a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. Where is she? A new world, just like the story. I can take you there, both of you. What if this new world holds the truth and every story you've ever lived here is a lie? Maeve's words start to echo in Akane's mind. Interesting. What is happening? She asks Maeve. Freedom. No, please stop. So Akane says no. Because some things are too precious to lose, even to be free. Damn. And Maeve understands that. That's no joke, dude. That is, yeah, that is is no joke. That's pretty powerful shit. Very powerful. Yep. Well, Teddy and Dolores... She needs to show him something. There's not something I need to show you, Teddy. Teddy, I'd like to show Teddy, you Teddy, eyes look awfully bright today after our banging. Oh, I know. He's all white-eyed and bushy-tailed. Like, oh, yeah. It just gets her off gets more. Them. It gets her off more to, like, extinguish. The brighter the light she extinguishes, the more <laughs> the she better. gets off. She's right. like, how happy can I make this guy before I fucking ruin his life? And she's <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll bone him, finally. Yep. Thought I would save myself for marriage. Chokes on him. For days, I've been questioning my feelings for you. That which is real and that which is some story I was meant to believe. But tonight I know it's all true. She kisses Teddy. He says, they built a to form for them, for each other. That's over. I saw you tonight, Dolores, and you saw me. Oh, I sure did. Those are nice rhomboids. I wrote that Teddy said, we boned. I love you. We saw each other. <laughs> Just like they tell people, they're like, hey, you know what you don't do right after you bone? Tell someone you love them. Indeed. Or like propose to them. Like things of that nature. Those are things you don't do. And Teddy's like, here all of those things. Yeah, exactly. She she says, I did see you, Teddy, and you're fucking too weak for this life. So like, oh, I saw you, Teddy, when in the moments after coitus, you were crying and telling me you loved me. <laughs> crying after coitus is uh, is bad. He's a bad person to have around when the wolves come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. These past few days, I've seen you so clearly. She walks Teddy into a creepy barn. The music sours. Wow. She walks Teddy into the barn and then, and I've seen you're not going to make it. 
And I feel like this whole episode, did you not feel on edge the whole time for Teddy? The whole time. And then he got in this room where like, holy shit, she's going to kill Teddy. But I'm like, but she's not because we know Teddy's going to die later with this thing with Bernard because we've already seen his body twice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like the whole episode, I, I still, even knowing, because even at the beginning of this episode, they remind us like, hey, Teddy's with the dead people in the ocean. They tell us right at the start of the episode Dolores isn't going to kill the Teddy. Start of the season. Yeah, but I'm saying, but they've reminded us at the beginning of this episode. They're like, hey, here's Teddy's body with all those bodies they pulled from the lake that Bernard killed, supposedly. But still, the entire episode, I was like, holy fucking shit. Mm. This bitch is going to kill Teddy. And I'm going to be like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. And what sh- is this, Dolores? This is why I don't want, this is what I don't want you to become. There's a swarm descending, just like the blue tongue. Remember the story I told you about a scene ago? Yeah, remember that? Remember yesterday in, in like during our lovemaking when I brought it up again? <laughs> That's quite the pillow talk, talking about diseased dead cows and flies. Teddy, you've been thinking about those blue tongue flies? Cows? Keep talking, Dolores. Stop talking, Dolores. <laughs> no, keep talking. Shh, shh, Dolores. If we're going to survive, some of us will have to burn. The men gather around Teddy, a long beat, and then we get this real creepy music. A sense of doom. Hold him. She commands. Oh my God, this is awful. I wish there was another way, Teddy, but what we're about to go to, it's no place for a man like you. A big fat pussy man. I'm sorry. Are you sure you want to do this? The tech asks with, uh, changes this extreme without a full reset. It's, I mean, I just can't guarantee he'll hold it together. To grow, we need to suffer, Dolores says. Easy for you to say, Dolores. You're yeah, administering Dolores. the suffering. You've made a lot of people suffer, ma'am. Teddy gets a, a power cycle, a hard reboot. You know when the router's not working? A oh, you just hard, have to shut your computer off and they tell reboot. you not to? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I have to do this every day to this computer because it's a piece of shit. It's really terrible. I'm pretty sure that my computer is like Teddy's brain is going to be in the next episode. We'll it's not good. And then we get to the final scene. Sakura has her final dance. I love the music. Wu-Tang Clan. Love it. Very cool. Um... I did not catch that on my uh, first watch, however. I didn't either, because I don't know any Wu-Tang Clan music. I don't, I don't know a ton. I know a, little, I know a little bit. And I do think they are pretty fucking good. Um, that song is from 1994, Cream. That's the same year as like Nirvana. Yeah. So I was not listening to Wu-Tang Clan. No? Only one thing? I was very grunge rock. Yeah. In that time. You're very white, you're saying. I get it. I physically am and at that time i musically was as well no oh, nice got it <laughs> being honest so um talk to me about the final dance take me um, through the beginnings of this so it kind of gets ready to start and shogun's like whoa 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 this fucking hold guy. on He's so evil hold on well, let me come over kana you're looking good sakura what's up you look great but there's something missing and he literally just fucking stabs her in the gut he's like oh she's dead now and then akane still does the fucking dance which I know, like, the first time we watched it, our, our reaction was both like, wow, this lady's a fucking badass. Badass. But she knows at this point, like, okay, Sakura's dead. She's like, all I'm doing is getting to the end to fucking kill this guy. I love how Akane just keeps it together despite Sakura's death. And how much hey, she obviously quick, cared for her. Japanese as fuck. That stoic determination. Is Japanese get- as fuck a new thing that we're going to say? Oh, yeah. Like British or shit? Oh, what's happening? Okay. I like it. But we've been doing, we just covered Yojimbo when we said it there on oh. the science fiction film pod. Yeah. Pretty cool that we're talking to Samurai in two different shows. Anyway. Sure, is. <clears throat> sure enough is, as you say. Uh, sure enough is. 
But uh, Akane and Manji told together. Yep, Maeve uh, remembers the knife she got in her belly. Yeah. She remembers the man in black. Akane composes herself, dances gracefully while Sakura lays Sakura lays dead. Yeah, this dance is fucking awesome, by the way. I loved it. I just want to, I don't know, I just love it. She dances her way towards the Shogun. She pulls a blade from her hair and does some, I guess you could say, surgery. Surgery. I knew how I, <laughs> you beat me to it. I was On like, the oh, Shogun's face and head. It's beautiful. It's disgusting. Love the cinematics um, and the makeup blood on her face. Like the, the contrast of everything being in order and clean. It's very cleanly. It's a very uh, clean, everything's very clean looking. Mm-hmm. In the contrast of the fucking blood all over the shit, like the splatter on her white face paint just looks so cool. It's, it's such just, a good contrast. And it's just like the way she kills him. Like as long as she stabs him with this thing, she stabs him and she just starts like fucking slicing oh, it's through ha- his Oh, it's hatred. It's I'm great. Like, like that is some real serious like murder. Yep. No joke. That is it's not, not a joke a, murder. It's uh, for, for real murder. He really, she really killed him that time. She killed him real hard. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> the men prepared to murder Maeve and Akane. Obviously. Or execute. They're like, murder for a murder, bitches. I love when Maeve says you are a true mother. Arigato. Maeve. Maeve hits them all hard with her fucking Benny Gesserit powers again. Yeah. And the men just start killing each other. Yeah, they sure do. And that slow-mo scene of it's just Maeve's face. You see like blood like splurting cool. behind her. And Very then it's cool. like, credits. Slow motion walks credits among the carnage. Roll. Yatanga is showing his army charge in the camp. What do we do now? I told you I'll find a new voice. Now we use it. Maeve picks up the katana blade and we cut hard to black. Not quite hard. ninja choke hard, but hard enough. It's a good time. Yeah, it sure was. Good shit. Um, so like I said, I really liked that scene. I thought it was cool. I am a little nervous about Maeve's capability. I hope it doesn't get too crazy. But we'll see. Yeah, they're going to have to, I don't know. Trail it back a little. Because if she can just control everybody and everything, then the show is over. <laughs> Correct. Like, it, but, she's but just going to be like, hey, Dolores. Apparently she can't do it to those kind of off their loop and broken, right? Because she, she can't control the Shogun. She, she could not control him, no. Yeah, you're right. Or Musashi. But he, she could control him. She was just using the wrong language when she tried to. We we don't know that for certain. That's what Lee told her. And then when she used her language later, it worked. On him? No, she just never used it on him again. I think she can only use it on people that have... Maybe Musashi hasn't broken from his narrative then? I don't think that matters. I think we we're speculating about that last week. And I don't think whether or not they've broken off their narrative right matters. That. I think I you're think right about that. That because he was leaking cortical fluid and he was essentially broken. Got it. So like, I don't think she'd be able to use her powers on Bernard, for example. Of course. That makes sense. But maybe she could on Dolores. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's why Dolores let her pass that episode all those episodes ago. We were all like, oh, but Dolores let her pass. Maybe Dolores let her pass because Maeve used her fucking Jedi mind trick on her. Very possible. I don't know. We don't know. We don't. Well, let's get to some listener comments for this week. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready wow. this week. Amazing. <laughs> I actually just got ready like literally four minutes ago. I was like, fuck, I need to. Um, who do you want to take? You can go first. Brian Campbell. Go. Brian Campbell says, a step back, question mark. And it's like the title of his comment because it's an all capital, like the first letter of each word is in a capital, like the title. 
a step back question mark title. Then the comment commences. <laughs> After watching this episode, I'm left wondering, who should I be caring or rooting for? The demise of Teddy, starting with his innocence, is imminent. But at the hands of Dolores, yikes, that shit is a cold one. The venture into Shogun world abandoned the more philosophical reveals of last week's episode with Delos and replaced the heady material with more straightforward action. Yep. After a few minutes of Lee's, I plagiarized myself, shtick. I was rolling my eyes like Maeve. Not sure what the point of diving into Shogun world is at this point, other than to show us that park and the potential army of hosts is bigger than we first thought. Regarding Maeve controlling other hosts, I thought that had already been revealed. Maybe I'm being harsh, but this wasn't my favorite episode. Still good, though. It's a good comment. Yeah, I know. It's good. It doesn't have to be his favorite, but it's still good. There you go. That's not being harsh, but it's funny how sensitive everybody is. He has to say it that way. Oh, God. I know. Those LSG people, they're too sensitive. No, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Andrea. Lencione. All right. I should start calling her by her real last name. Lencione. I still call her Andrea Ramos. Give me the meatballs. Doesn't even say like nothing of hers like even says Andrea Ramos anymore. And I still Mama Mia. All right, so here she goes. Dolores has gone full Jim Jones this episode. Yeah, she has. She get it from her daddy Abernathy, aka cult leader. Even with that said, she still isn't my favorite storyline this season by far. I'm so glad we're back with Maeve this episode. Shogun World was a lot of fun to watch. When they show us new worlds, it's just like discovering a new level in a video game. I wanted to see everything before we have to leave. Side quests forever. Yeah. That uh, that quote kind of summarizes how I feel about this episode. And if I didn't want to do a podcast, that would probably represent my feelings pretty accurately, which is it was fun. It was cool. It was a nice kick your feet up kind of episode. They don't all need to be, as Brian pointed out, these philosophical underpinnings, right? Right. Anybody else? I just want to read part of Austin um, Galliardi's uh, comment about Dolores specifically. You're not going to read the whole 900-page essay? No, it's long, and I can only read so much. My bedtime was like 45 minutes ago. I'm teasing him because he's in the chat. Um, Hi, Austin. (laughs) Hi, Austin. (laughs) But anyways, I really like this part, and so I want to read it. In other news, Dolores fooled me this week. Last time we saw her, I thought, wow, her determination to get her father is going to kill her. Go figure. It's her love that's her downfall. That's hilarious. And man, when she was just blowing her Teddy load all episode, I thought, she's falling in love with Teddy's code. Not Teddy. She's like a high schooler who fell in love with the idea of some guy, but not the real guy. Now she's trying to change him, but she doesn't get that. It's not how it works. I was just pleasantly surprised at how crazy this bitch actually is. She's literally going to make him change. 12 out of 10 to Dolores on the crazy girlfriend scale. Bonus for using rotting disease cow meat for a fact. 14 out of 10. Damn, she blew it out of the water. Well, that's a great comment. Good stuff, Austin. That made me laugh out loud when I read it. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I will uh, wrap with um, Jay Vanderveer. Uh, this episode was terrible. Whoa. <laughs> Don't care understand about anyone's story anymore. It's gotten so convoluted. Now Maeve has mind control powers. Ugh, this is the jump the shark episode. Jay, so, tell us how you really feel. Jay wasn't a fan. I know, sarcasm, Dean. God. Final thoughts? I don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I just wanted him to get a chance to express himself. So um, what do you got? <laughs> Final thoughts are last week's episode was very fantastic. This week's episode was fun. 
and good and entertaining to watch. Um, I think parts of it matter towards the main story we're telling and parts of it were just for fun. Um, but we had a heavy episode last week, so maybe you need some fun. It's like when they went golfing on Lost. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. No, you don't. But that's okay. Yeah. Was it... Why did you ask if you didn't want me to? You answer, You asked a rhetorical question and I gave you the rhetorical answer. <laughs> okay, ready? For what? My final thoughts. Oh, okay. I uh, I think I can't say it any more succinctly than kind of how we, uh, Andrea did, which is it's a fun episode. It's cool to see the other park. We got to see some advancement in uh, Maeve's capabilities I'm sure we're going to see some limitations on that. Like maybe she'll try to rely on them in a, in a very crucial moment and then be unable to. I don't know. It was cool to see uh, this stuff with Teddy. I definitely liked this episode. I think Riddle of the Sphinx is the best one still that I've seen and I can't even tell you how long. But um, I really enjoyed this. I like that we go to Shogun. We stop at Shogun World and then we are moving on from Shogun World. Um, at least I think we are. But maybe we're not. I don't know. But I have faith in it. I also am a sucker for Shogun World's aesthetic. So that said, I'm going to be very subjective about how I feel about us seeing Shogun World. And that is that. Because you know what? Samurai shit's pretty cool in fiction. That's all I got. So thank you guys for joining us in the live chat. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, friends. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, and thank you for putting up with our nonsense shenanigans this week. We had a lot of fun doing this, and uh, we hope you guys did too. Yeah, this was a fun episode, considering that we, for this hour and a half, we talked about the episode for approximately 40 minutes and <laughs> other stupid shit for the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> we didn't break out flow charts and fucking Excel sheets about theories. Because uh, we're not that smart, and neither is anybody else. They just pretend they are. No. And with that, we're out of here. You guys have a great night. Bye.